It's probably weren't the same tongues spoken that day, but we thought it'd be nice to have a few different languages spoken this morning on the day of Pentecost. Um, Let's open with a word of prayer. God, as we open your word and further look into it, we ask God that you would be present, that you would speak. In your name we pray. Amen. So if you're following along in the Bible, we're in Acts, we're actually going to start in Acts 1 to start, and we're going to bounce back and forth from Acts 1 and 2. Last week, Pastor Scott talked about Acts 1 and the ascension of Christ, and there were two angels from heaven as as Christ ascended. These two angels said, why do you stand here looking at the sky? Now, I think this must have been a rhetorical question because I'm thinking that these disciples were thinking, really? I'm sure this was one of the most stunning things that these disciples had ever seen, and they had seen a lot of miracles done by Jesus Christ as they walked with him. But I'm pretty sure this one might have taken the cake for them. They they might have been awestruck in this moment. The other thing that I think left them standing with their mouths hanging open that that day was the fact that they had been following that guy for three years. They had quit their jobs. They had put their lives completely, not just on hold, but they had, they had put them aside to never return to them. And there they were watching him leave the earth. How were they supposed to follow him if he's gone? Now, our summer worship series that will start after um, outdoor worship. Outdoor worship is next week. The week after that, we're going to do a summer worship series. Uh, Kelly Johnston and I um, will be preaching about following the rabbi this summer. And we hope that all of us will be closely following Jesus Christ this summer as we follow God together. Now, he's no longer walking the earth, which was this amazement of, there he goes, now what do we do? Because they used to follow him literally. They would walk behind him. They would um, work with him, alongside him. But Jesus promised that he would leave the Holy Spirit. So today's passage, we're actually going to be looking at Acts 2. They were speaking different languages up here. They were speaking different languages in Acts 2. 120 people were in a space. Now, there's more than 120 in here because I can tell. I didn't count you. I just can tell. And those 120 people were gathered together. They were ready to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They were waiting And they realized that day that they were not the only ones. The Holy Spirit was for all. So as they gathered together in the second chapter of the book of Acts, there were 120 of them because it had been talked about earlier in this pass in in the book of Acts. They were gathered probably in the upper room. Because this is where they had been gathering for the last 50 days as they were waiting. The upper room is the place where the Last Supper occurred. It says there in Acts 2.1, When the day of Pentecost came, they were together in one place. 
Now, Pentecost, we oftentimes will just think that's the day the Holy Spirit came, right? It's in the New Testament. But it's actually something that was celebrated in the Old Testament as well. There were two historical events that were being celebrated on the day of Pentecost. One is that they were celebrating the day that the Ten Commandments came down from Mount Sinai, brought to them by Moses. They celebrated that day. They gathered together to to rally around the word of God. And the other thing that happened on the day of Pentecost is that they would celebrate and give thanks for all God had given to them in the harvest that year. This is significant because that is probably why they were gathered together that day. That's why they were there. It is likely that they were celebrating what God had done and celebrating his word. There's a purpose for them coming together in that space. And actually, there's a purpose for us to come together every Sunday here in this space. It's to celebrate God. It's to come together and worship together and be thankful for what God has done in our lives. When we come together, we can watch God move in this space. We can worship together and we can see God working in other people's lives as well. If we stay home alone and worship God, we don't get the full experience. We can still worship God at home, absolutely. I hope we all do. But you don't get the full experience. When we come together, there's something deeper. There's something wider that happens in this place. We get to see the Holy Spirit move. When something happens audibly or physically in a worship service, in the presence of others, it becomes known. It becomes something that we can see together. The, what, something we can experience together. Things always feel more real when you're with someone else. True? In each of these passages today, we can say, if these people stayed home, (laughs) they would have missed it. They would have missed it. They wouldn't have seen what happened in their community that day. We wouldn't get to see what happens in our community if we don't come out together to watch the Holy Spirit move. One of the ways that we can know that the Holy Spirit is speaking is that other believers confirm it. So if we're in a space and something happens, the other believers can say, yes, that happened. That's why I think you heard the One Life three times. When we go to One Life, we watch the Holy Spirit move. It's powerful when we're there. We're together as a community when we are there. And we have a lot of fun on the slopes too. Now we could write off this Acts 2 thing and say, you know, that only happened in biblical times. It happened one time. It's not going to happen again. So I don't really need to go to church because I can just read about that. We could do that. But you know what? The Holy Spirit can move any way he wants and whenever he wants. And I know that I don't want to miss it. That's why I come every Sunday. I know that you probably think it's because I work here. But let me tell you, you don't do this for 20 plus years just because you work somewhere. 
You do this because you want to watch the Holy Spirit move. Suddenly, a sound like blowing a violent wind came and from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on them. Can you imagine that moment and how powerful it was? And can you imagine if you were the guy that stayed home? Oh, man, you missed it. You should have been there today. Have you heard that before? Yeah, it's the worst. I'm sure they were telling you, you should have been there. There was this rushing wind, and then there was fire, and it came down, and it kind of landed on people's heads. You were able to feel it and see it in that space that day. I am pretty sure if I saw fire come down on one of your heads today that I would never be the same. I would never be the same. In fact, I've seen the Holy Spirit move a lot in people's lives, and I am not the same because I've seen it. When we come together, we get to see the Holy Spirit move not just as individuals, but we get to see it corporately as well. It separated and it went on each of their heads, it said. So that was happening across the room. That's kind of cool. So it was these individual Holy Spirit things, and then corporately you could see the Spirit. If these people had stayed home, I keep saying that. If they had stayed home, they would have missed that. To me, the fact that people all saw that, all of them saw that that day, that is what confirms that it really happened. It happened. 120 people witnessed it. I wonder what would happen here if each Sunday morning we came through the doors and we were expectant that the Holy Spirit were going to show up. If we came in this place and we, we wanted the Holy Spirit to show up. I wonder what it would be like to anticipate that even before we came to church. Now, I'll say this about next week's service. I'm pretty sure the Holy Spirit's going to show up. We are baptizing four people next Sunday. Outside, four people have decided they want to start new. They want Jesus Christ to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They want that to happen in their life. They want to be a new creation. I don't want to miss that. Now I know you think, well, you have to be there, right? But you know what? I really could decide. I don't want to be there. It wouldn't go as well, maybe. Or maybe it would go better. I don't know. But I don't want to miss it. I want to be a part of what's going on and what God is doing and how the Holy Spirit might be moving. We could see the Holy Spirit move in that space next Sunday. I want to be open to it. I want the body of Christ to be open to what God might be doing. And I even think about the Windy City Project. The Holy Spirit could move during VBS next Friday night right here in this space. I don't want to miss it. I'm going to be there. The, the Holy Spirit might move in the garden at Wyman. I don't want to miss it. 
I'm going to show up. The Holy Spirit might move at Alden a week from Monday. I don't know if I'll get to be in two places at once. I don't know. But it's when we are together in community that we can see the Holy Spirit moving and we can name it. It might happen at barbecue and books, even though we're not supposed to talk about Jesus there. The Holy Spirit can do what he wants, right? He can show up, and he can show up big. God wants to move like he did in biblical times. Now, it's not going to look the same, and it might not look the same, but it could happen. It's a significant reason why we gather together as the body of Christ, to bear witness to it. If you want to bear witness to it next week, you can look in the back of the bulletin and see, look in the schedule for the Windy City Project and see where you can show up. Where you are going to step in to the Windy City Project and say, you know what, I think the Holy Spirit's going to show up here. (laughs) I want to be a part of it. The Spirit moves in all sorts of ways and it can be an opportunity for us to be a part of it. The reason they knew people were speaking in different languages is because other people in the room understood it in Acts 2. However, oftentimes, we don't notice when the Holy Spirit is moving in our lives. I will say the most times I've seen the Holy Spirit move, like actually seen it move, is on mission trips. That's why I'm encouraging you to do the Windy City Project. And here's the reason why. It's not because it's this magical thing because it's a mission trip. Here's why. Because we wake up in the morning, we pray, and we ask the Holy Spirit to move. We pray specifically about what God might want us to do and be a part of that day. And then you know what we do at the end of the day? We debrief and we share what the Holy Spirit did that day. So all of you are like, yes, I prayed for that this morning. I think about Shannon when well, that morning uh, in, in Nicaragua when she was praying and she was asking the Holy Spirit to give her the words to speak in Spanish. And then she realized all of her words that she has learned are exactly at the preschool level and that's what she was doing that day. Ta-da! Holy Spirit, come, right? Notice that the Holy Spirit, but it took all of us in that space together to be praying together. She, she said those words out loud. We witnessed it, and then we talked about it at the end of the day and noticed where the Holy Spirit had moved. In Acts 2, that group of people was likely to come into that space to celebrate God in the way that he had always, in the way that they always had for years. Here we go, we're celebrating Pentecost, we are celebrating Pentecost, we're thanking him for the harvest, and we are celebrating his word. They probably didn't, they weren't that boring. I'm sure it was more exciting than that. But then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit came alive and they had that experience together. Those 120 people had that experience together. In chapter 1 of the book of Acts, Jesus told them to not leave Jerusalem. Don't leave Naperville. Can you imagine someone saying that to you? (laughs) Don't leave Naperville. um, But wait, the gift is being, wait for the gift of being baptized for the Holy Spirit. Okay. 
Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my Father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. This needed to happen before they could go out and be witnesses for him. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be able, doesn't say be able, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The apostles needed the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling within them to be able to do what God was calling them to do. Is God calling? (laughs) That was perfect. Thanks. They did not know when the Holy Spirit would fall, but they were waiting for it. Just like that phone call over there. She was waiting for it. No, turning it off. They were waiting to be filled together. There in that moment, the wind broke loose and the fire came down. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke different language. The fact that they spoke actual different languages is really, is really important. People in the room were bewildered to hear their own language. Did anybody hear their own language this morning? And it bewildered them a little bit? <laughs> okay, yeah, Nancy knew it was coming. So. They were bewildered in that moment because they heard, they heard a language that was their own language. They were utterly amazed that day. They each heard their own native language. God gave the Galileans in the room the ability to speak languages they actually didn't know when they came that day. But for others, it was their native tongue. Those people understood what was being said. This is how the whole room of 120 people knew in that moment that the Holy Spirit had fallen. That's how they knew. They hadn't been told ahead of time, okay, then people are going to speak in different languages. They didn't, but they knew in that moment because they were together and it could be translated. You would think, this is God, right? This is all that it could be. There's no other possible way that this could happen. But then, in verse 12, amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Well, of course they would want to know what it means. We, we, we want to know what things mean when something strange occurs. Much like Christ's ascension, they wanted to know. Some others had a great idea of how, what the problem was. They must have had too much wine. That must be why this is happening. Now I'm going to say this. Even believers, even myself even probably all of us at one point, have been skeptical when the Holy Spirit has moved before. This happens. It often happens because it is bewildering. It's usually confusing. It doesn't make sense. I mean, think about it. Christians do weird things. They do things because they love Jesus. They do things to be nice when other people aren't nice. They do things to follow God that don't always make earthly sense. Peter, in this passage, was going to set them straight, however. 
He wasn't going to explain to them what the problem um, problem was. Peter knew when the Holy Spirit was 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 fully present, it didn't always make sense. So he was making sure that they knew what was going on. Right after the Spirit had fallen on the crowd that day, Peter preached so that all, all would come into the fullness of Christ and know what the Holy Spirit was doing. Verse 14 of Acts 2. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and answered the crowd, Fellow Jews and all who who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. I don't know if that always (laughs) applies, but... But this is what the prophet Joel has spoken. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. This gets me fired up. He's going to pour out his spirit on all people. Your sons, if you have a son in the room. Your sons, your daughters, if you have a daughter in the room. Will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even my servants, both men and women, will pour, I will pour out my spirit on those days and they will prophesy. That's big. God wanted to use everyone. Not just a few. He still wants to use everyone. He still wants to pour out his spirit on this place. He wants to pour out his spirit on this world. Young people will have visions and old people will dream dreams. My question to you, church, is do you want that to happen? I do. Men and women, boys and girls, children of all ages, right? We want this to happen, of course. Do we want older people to live out dreams of, that God has for this church? Yes. Do we want the young people to have vision for this church? Yes. Of course. We want this to happen, but we have to allow the Holy Spirit to fall on us. We have to ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want this to look like? How can we live this out? As we discussed the passage this week in in staff meeting on on Tuesday, I said, well, I'm not really young anymore. And I pretend. I'm not really old anymore. I feel right in between. And you know what? I think that's my calling right now. To be right in between. To gather the young and the old and to say yes. Yes. Let's dream dreams and have visions for what this church can be, what it's called to be, how it's supposed to move forward, how we're supposed to live into what God has for us. A year and a half ago, I took the executive board through a discernment process. It was eight steps, and it was actually fun. And we sat down and we listened to see what the Holy Spirit was was saying to us as the executive board. And here are some things that came out of that time where we sat and listened and asked the Holy Spirit to show up. 
Who are we called to minister to? All ages, genders, socioeconomic statuses. Look at all these things. That's a lot of people to minister to. But that all came as we sat as the executive board and asked God, who? Who are you calling us to? It's a beautiful picture when you look at it. The sick, the less noticed, the marginalized, those on the fringe, handicapped, both men and women, believers, non-believers, believers to be. It's exciting, actually, when you think about it. And then we went to the next question. Well, what do, what do, we, what do we need? What do we need? We need space to encourage and engage God. We need a place that provides comfort. We need a place to connect. We need to come together in order to see the Holy Spirit move. When does this need to be done? This was my favorite. Yesterday is the first answer. (laughs) But of course, I love the second one. In God's time. Over the next three years. Over time. When young families are excited and own it. And then this was a while ago. and, And so in time for the new pastor. So Pastor Scott is planning on retiring in two years. So we need to, I mean, we're, I hope we're on schedule. Okay. All right. Powerful list, and you know what? Progress is already being made. What does God want us to do? He wants us to reach more people. That's what we heard. He wants us to reach people inside and outside. He wants us to grow spiritually, build disciples, to show love. I love this. Because the Bible told us so. Remember when you learned that song as a kid? To look outside ourselves, he loves us and wants to be in relationship with us. God wants us to help the other, help others. God wants us to worship him and connect with him, to build a foundation for the future, the future, to join us together instead of separating us apart. A powerful list that has already started to be engaged in this congregation. Scott School. Alden Community Nursing Facility. I never know what to call it. Rehab Center. It doesn't seem quite right. Those two are only one mile from our church. The Bailey Apartments and Alden are one mile from our church. Talk about engaging our community. Two garage sales. We have poured out our time and talent as well as we have sent money to Scott School and to a school in Congo. Next week, we get to do barbecue and books with Scott School. We've been providing a worship service at Alden for years, but this year we've upped it and we're taking communion once a month. We're not only doing this out there, but we have been doing a lot of things in here. That's the past and the present. But what about our future? We need to ask the questions again. We need to go through the eight-step discernment process again, and we're going to. The Board of Spiritual Life is going to gather together this month, and we're going to ask these same questions again. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to fall. We're going to ask that God would show up and teach us 
and show us and reveal to us what God has for us. Again, as we were discussing the passage this week in staff meeting, we started talking about prayer. And around the table, we were like, well, we don't know exactly why it works, but it does. And same with this discernment process. Not exactly sure how it works, but it does. When you allow yourself to listen for the Holy Spirit, he speaks. As we read that passage on Tuesday, we came to the conclusion that the day of Pentecost, we don't know why or how they spoke different languages, but they did. We don't know how the Holy Spirit is speaking through us, but he is. My hope is that each of us take time to allow the Holy Spirit to move in us and through us. He's willing. The question is, are we? One of the main ways that the believers celebrated Pentecost in the Old Testament was that they actually did pilgrimages or a walk of devotion or a spiritual journey towards God in some way to thank him, to worship him, to celebrate him, to give to him. So maybe today as you do that walk, it can be your spiritual pilgrimage as you think about what is God calling us to as a congregation? What is God saying to us as a group of believers as we move forward? Verse 21 says this, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Maybe there's someone today that will get that little sticky note on their door that says, come walk to church and they'll respond. They might feel loved. They might feel like no one cares about them and that this is us caring for them and that they can come and be a part of what the Holy Spirit might be doing next week. Last year when I did this walk, I was walking and I noticed, wow, we can almost pray for people by name. Most high schools have these signs with kids' names on them. So I started praying for kids by name as I was walking up to the house. Even know how old they are. It's a little scary. Um, <laughs> but there's also people who have their last names. Welcome, friends. And then it has their last. Pray for people by name. Won't we be floored if we meet someone that we prayed for by name? This is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. We have to notice what the Holy Spirit is doing. We have to come together as a body, as a community, and Pray specifically for what God might be doing so that we can see and be a part of what the Holy Spirit is doing. It's for all. It's not just for us. It's for all. And today we're going to reach out to the people that live nearby. It's for them. They maybe don't know that there's a Holy Spirit that wants to dwell within them and do mighty things in and through them. We could tell them. That should excite us, not scare us. <laughs> it's a little scary. I'm sure it was scary that day. I'm sure it was. Fire and wind. Jesus was not a person that just gently walked around and, and was super quiet. Think about him preaching up on the hillside. You can't be 
a quiet person and preach to the masses without a sound system. Be bold today. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in you. And as you walk and pray, pray for people that don't know him, that don't know who Jesus is, who don't have the Holy Spirit, so that they too may come into that saving relationship. Let's pray. God, you have called us as believers to walk with you. And God, right now we ask that you would fall on this place, that you would remind us that you are in charge, that you are mighty, and that you want to do a mighty work in and through us. In your holy name we pray. Amen.